Welcome to Courageous Conversation with Teresa W. Gamble, powered by Carcia Resource Professional Consultant. Courageous Conversation is a diversity, equality, exclusive initiative. It's a gracious space for a meaningful discussion about culture, life, business, work, learn, live, worship, and play. Greetings and hello, everyone. This is your host, Teresa W. Gamble. We are coming back to you with our amazing Family Matters series with the amazing, the most brilliant, the most eloquent, Miss Tina Noble of the Noble One Consultant. We are still continuing the conversation. Our first episode was talking about let's prepare our children for the inevitable. In the event that you, the main breadwinner, the matriarch and the patriarch of the family, you suddenly pass away then last friday we talked about who do we need to cover on life insurance and that is very very important these are the critical decisions we need to make not someone else for us we need to sit down and make those decisions and write out our wishes and expectations but i'm super excited today because we're going to be in the classroom with miss tina where she's going to break it down and tell us the type what types of insurance we need to be considering um, that's affordable for our budget because we know we're in an inflation right now. Housing is going up. Gas is up. It's trying to come down a little bit. We still got the pandemic constantly rowing. Now we got a monkeypox that's coming out. And I mean, school coming back in. Yes, life is happening, but we have to put those things in perspective and in order. So some of our entertainment and pleasure things, we might have to, you know, postpone them so we can divert those funds to take care of what's necessary so we're going to talk about what type of insurance we need to buy how does the death benefit pay out in order to cover all those things for your children so they don't have to figure out well why mom and daddy ain't tell me this or why they didn't explain this to me so this is an opportunity that's a thought-provoking conversation to make you start taking a proactive approach to getting ready and then we're going to talk about the the monthly premiums for these policies you know some will stay consistent some may fluctuate but that depends on the type of policy that you get so again Teresa is not the expert I have an expert on today so welcome Miss Tina back to the conversation thank you thank you and thanks again for having me thank you for all your listeners thank you okay you so, are welcome so let's dive right in so what type of insurance we need to be buying first you know what (laughs) it really depends my personal preference is always have some type of term policy in place term is considered pure insurance right it's no bells no whistles no frills no thrills it's designed to do exactly what insurance does which is protect your income it protects that breadwinner or the breadwinners income so that in the case that something should happen to one of them they lose that income right Right. but with that life insurance policy in place what happens is that life insurance policy would then come and that will take place of the income that's lost so you can continue to pay bills you can pay off a house quicker than you probably would have imagined 
or cars or still have that college fund set aside for the children. So nothing changes outside of you just losing that loved one and that breadwinner. Now, that's term, right? Now, the other insurance policies, they are designed to do the same thing. Insurance is supposed to do that, but you have what's also called cash value policies, right? So what cash values, those typically go under different names. You can whole life, um, variable life, index life, uh, you know, different names, but they all have the same structure. And the premise is it's two parts that you are um, paying for that's incorporated in there. You have the premium, the life insurance policy itself, but then there's this cash value, the savings portion that's attached with it, right? So mm -hmm. those policies, they tend to be more expensive because if you look at it, you can do more with it, right? So right. it has that extra value feature on there with that cash account that you're able to borrow against. Yes. Notice I said borrow against, right? Borrow, right. It doesn't work like your regular old savings or checking account that you can go in and go to the ATM, punch in some numbers and take out cash all willingly or put money in like you want to. No, you have to borrow that money from yourself. And when you borrow money from yourself, you got to do what? Or when you borrow money, period, you have, you have to, to do pay what? It, pay it back. You got to pay it back. And not only are you paying it back, but you're paying it back with some type of interest that's being tacked onto the money that you took out. So you paying yourself back your own money that you were saving that has now interest added onto it that has to be paid back as well. So, and if you set it up right, it's not a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then we have also, um, you know, other different types of insurances. It might be a combination. You know, you, they have some insurance policies out there that's a combination between term and cash value. So there's a lot of products out there on the market. How do you know which one is the right one for you? You just sit down with your life insurance agent. But before you sit down with your life insurance agent, kind of educate yourself on what's out there first. Right. Then when you sit down with your life insurance agent, figure out after you've asked them all of your questions and they've answered them, you figure out which one works best for you in your situation at that time. Now, with a term policy, you're paying it over a specific amount of time, right? They might have a 10-year term, a 15-year term. Our company goes up to a 35-year term depending on your age, right? Mm -hmm. So, but you're paying it over that time. So when that policy turns out, when it's reached its course, then you can do one of two things. You can either get another term policy or another life insurance policy, or you can maybe, if you've had other investments off to the side, maybe you have enough cash built into that investment or we consider, we call it cash being cash rich, right? right? And maybe you're cash rich to the point where you might not need to get another life insurance policy. A lot of times, not only are people getting life insurance policies to protect their income, but sometimes if they're retired, 
right? So they're living off of whatever is in their retirement, but because they might not have enough in their savings or other instruments, that's to leave something for the family. Sometimes they want to leave something behind for their children. So a lot of times they will get another life insurance policy and name one of the children as the beneficiary. And that's intended so that that's something that they're leaving behind for the children as well, so that they can move on with their lives or leave them something to put them ahead in life later on. That's now, good. on the whole life or the cash value policy, those are considered permanent insurance policies. Permanent means that you're going to be paying for that. So whatever amount that you come in paying, right? As long as that policy never lapses, you're going to be paying that life, your that policy rate your entire life or until you reach the age of 100. Then they figure you can get a break, right? But you're going to be paying that for the exact amount of time. Now I run into a lot of people that might've gotten a whole life policy when they were younger, right? Well, think about it. Some of those policies or quite a few of those policies, you have to uh, requalify for some of them are yearly some of them might be anniversary you know like so many years you know later or whatever well when you requalify that means that you have to do some type of blood work or health exam to requalify for it at that price that they quoted you back those many years ago right. and if something falls out of line in your life within that time span that you've had it then they could either one, not reinsure you, or two, they're going to charge you more money for it. Now, so, so Tina, when you were saying about um, uh, incident that changed your health pack, that could be a cancer diagnosis. It could be where you may have developed a hereditary disease that then show up to later on in life that may or may not be covered. It could be... Um, you became dis physically disabled or emotionally disabled or contracted some type of, um, you know, life-threatening disease. Those are the examples are you referencing? Those are the exact examples that I am referencing. So, okay. um, and, and again, every insurance company is different. Every underwriter within those insurance companies have guidelines and, and you know, like a, a gap that they can, you know, figure out whether or not they choose to let it fall within this or let it be outside of that. And then they deny it. So it really depends. But again, you know, it's factors involved. Now I know with us and some term companies with term policies may have the same effects as well. You know, I know our company that I'm with, if you come in, first of all, if you stand up under a certain amount, then a physical may not even be necessary, right? Mm -hmm. Now, um, and I say maybe because it's not necessary to write the application and submit it up under, no blood work, no physicals. But if the, uh, something comes up that may be uh, come out of your medical history or something like that, mm -hmm. then sometimes they may order some blood work to be done you know, just to make sure whatever, you know, that it, that it's, you know, that you're healthy enough, whatever. But, um, but that's very rare. 
And okay. then also with our policies, you can volunteer to do blood work. If you say you want a half a million dollars or anything that's over 300,000. So, you know, you might want a million dollar, a couple million dollar policies or whatever, but then you can do blood work and submit it. They're going to want that anyway. But even if you want something that's below that and you mm -hmm. think that you're healthy, you know that you're healthy and you want a rate that's lower than the standard rate that's being quoted to you, then you can mm -hmm. submit blood work then as well. And that will reduce your rate if everything comes out wonderful. And that's what you will stay at. So there's different ways to play around with it. But with those permanent insurance policies, things like that, little things can knock you out. And then you're starting back at the, at the, at the starting line, right? So then you're going to have to go right. out and find the policy and whatever, whatever. Um, with permanent life insurance, they have two different types with that as well. So you got the whole life and that's where your premiums might not rise or they might not change, right? Okay. But then they got the universal life and that's where it can become flexible. So sometimes you can, you can adjust the size of the premium or the payments or the death benefits, et cetera, within certain limits that's set by the policy. So mm -hmm. it's like flexible wiggle room. And that's why I said sometimes you have some that might have a, a um, the structure of both a term and a whole life, I mean, a term and a cash value policy. But it's, it's so many ones out here to choose from that it's, it's crazy. But you have to decide which one is the best one for you. Now, what I normally like to tell people is no matter what, try to always have some type of term policy mm -hmm. because when you get into one of those cash value policies, you got to read the fine print and you got to know exactly what is entailed in your type of policy that you are coming up under because it could be some fine print that you don't understand some charges or fees or other different guidelines that needs to be always met and attuned to uh, that may change the dynamics of the way that that policy may pay out that's good that's good so with that being said um miss tina when we understand the type of insurance we want what would be the best insurance to get for your children say for instance if they're small and does it changes as they get older insurance type change when they get older so i'm glad you asked that so when we have our children the first kind of solicitation we get as new parents are those little, um, you know, insured your child, the education life insurance type policies, right? So the globe life or the, um, I can't think of the other, the other name of the other one, but those are more so geared towards education. You tell my Gerber life. Gerber, there you go. Gerber mm -hmm. and globe life. So mm -hmm. those are geared more towards putting aside an educational fund for your child. Okay. Now, I don't particularly um, care for those because one, you're only going to be limited to how much you can actually have for that particular policy. Mm -hmm. Usually it's about 10,000, maybe 20,000. Um, and then those policies, what they do is it's a whole life policy Mm -hmm. right so it's got those two little components to it the 
life insurance part and that cash value part. But what usually typically happens is once that child reaches the age of 18, then that's when they would then take it and it would convert basically or cash out. And some of them will double and they could take that money and then go and purchase an actual life insurance policy up under themselves, or they can take it and go and utilize it for college expenses and things of that nature. You're not going to get a lot out of it because one is going to be a $10,000 policy and two, the interest that you're earning on that cash value portion of it isn't mm -hmm. going to be a great significant amount. It might right. be anywhere between one or 4%. Whereas if you go and get a term policy, now if the child is over the age of really uh, on a term policy, children can stay on there until about the age of 25 or so, right? Right. Now, um, but once they are working, so say they're 21, 22, and they're coming out of college and they get their first real job, then I would suggest that let them go and get their own policy. Right. Um, it's going to be very, it should be very cost efficient for them because of their age. They're very, very young. And as long as they're healthy, it, it, it should be like literally like they probably spend more on fast food than they would on a monthly premium. Right. Mm -hmm. But I say that because then if they're coming in at the age of 21, 22, 25, somewhere around in there, and they have it for a 35 year term, right. They mm -hmm. have all of that time to build that money up inside of that's going to be there for them, but then they can take some more money and just go and invest it in like some type of mutual fund or, or something that's going to bring them and in, in grow for them towards their later years in life. So they'll have two components, but it'd be working in a totally separate way for them. That's and good. Then, and then if they're young and they have children, mm -hmm. then automatically they should definitely make sure that they have their policy in place and have their child rider put in place on that policy. And again, with our products, you pay for one child rider and you can insure up to 10 children and grandchildren on that one child rider. A lot of the other companies, you have to get an individual child rider for each individual child. So that's more, pol that's more policies that you're paying for when it's not necessary, if you go with the right company. So what type, how much insurance do you, um, what is a, a guideline to go by on how much coverage to get for yourself and your um, family? So typically the rule of thumb is if you are working, you want to get 10 times the amount of coverage of what it is that you bring in a year. So if you, you know, make 20,000 a year, then you want to have a policy for about $200,000 and so on and so forth. 50,000 a year, at least a half a million dollar policy, you know, and you just want it to be, that's the rule of thumb. But um, of course, and again, the younger you are, you can get that and still not be paying a whole bunch of money. Like literally the cost of maybe going out to eat, you know, on a, you know, out at a you know dining restaurant fine dining restaurant but um mm -hmm. yeah 
So is it more if a person is a smoker or drinks a lot of alcohol or have a um, criminal background? Well, here's the thing, and I'm glad you asked that. On our policies, we ask, there is a question about uh, if you are a tobacco or um, yeah, if you are a tobacco user. Um, and that's something, or nicotine, tobacco or nicotine user. So mm -hmm. yes, you're going to be paying a little bit more. And be honest up front, people. I know people think, oh, well, I'm going to say I'm not just so I can think that I'm getting a lower price. Mm -hmm. But when they go and check your medical records, if you told your doctor that you are a smoker and they on that questionnaire, because I remember from the medical doctor's offices, it'll ask you how often do you smoke, you know, how many packs a day and this and that. So when you, so the information's there anyway, and they're going to find out. Now, if you have not used tobacco within a year's time, because that's another question that asks you how often, you know, when was the last time that you used it, then it can be seen that if you haven't used it in about a year, then it can be probably qualified as maybe, maybe going up under the non-smoker rule, but, it, you know, but hopefully you don't pick up a pack right after that, but, you know, so it just matters. Um, and then now criminal backgrounds, that's something different as well. They do ask on the questionnaire if you have um, any felonies or ever been charged with or play a guilty to any felonies, non-felonies, and some other, you know, questions regarding security. Um, they do ask that. Again, try to be as truthful as possible. Be upfront with your real with your life insurance agent mm -hmm. as you possibly can right because then they will know whether or not to tell you okay they'll ask you different questions and maybe advise you maybe now might not be the right time for us to put it in the system let's mm -hmm. wait you know because once it's in the system it's in the system whether right. they deny you or not it's in there so um you know so there's some things but you want some Sometimes there's wiggle room around that. Sometimes if there is um, an incident that you did plead guilty to for whether it was a felony or non-felony, sometimes what comes into play is how long has it been? Right. So if it's something that was way back from your childhood, you know, 20, 30 years ago, then it's possible that you can definitely still get approved. If it was more recent within the last 10 years, then you might want to hold off a minute or you know again you can submit it through and the underwriter will probably send out another questionnaire where it's a bit more detailed and on there you're going to be talking about what it was what was the outcome how long it's been was it you know what all was involved and and things like that so it really just depends so yes sometimes the criminal background can become an issue Sometimes it may not be an issue. Okay. Uh, your health, sometimes it can be an issue. Sometimes it may not be an issue. And sometimes if it is an issue, then even if they approve you, then they may approve you, but it may be more expensive than what was the standard quote that was probably quoted to you at the beginning. Um, you know, and then of course, there's always those cash value policies, again, you have to come in doing blood work and 
all of that. And they want you to do that up front because then they'll know the proper way to quote you on those policies as well. That's good to know because some people, you know, they want, you know, they just want to get a, a, a standard quote, but it more goes into it getting a quote for insurance because it's based on your character and your livelihood, correct? Yes. Well, not even a lot. Well, I guess if you deal with the livelihood in terms of the criminal part of it, then yeah. In the character. Yeah, well, livelihood, I meant was the criminal part, you know, your health, you know, your health lifestyle, you yes. know, your family dynamic, you know, who you want to cover, who you don't want to cover, you know, if you have um, foster children or adopted children, or you had to assume, take over custody or guardianship of a family member that passed away, are those things are allowed when seeking um, life insurance coverage? They are um, in a lot of the instances, but what you do is you definitely talk to your life insurance agent because, again, they'll know how to better direct you and how to, uh, you know, fill out the forms, fill out the policy, fill out the application for the policy for you. That's good. So our last question is, well, almost last question. Once we get the coverage, say for instance, it's uh, me and my husband, my, I have two adult children, I have two grandchildren, okay. um, and we both get a half a million dollar a piece, and we have the beneficiary split between our sons mm -hmm. and our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. How would the death benefit pay out for them? Who gets paid first? Well, who gets, <laughs> who gets paid first is going to be your primary beneficiary. Okay. okay. So with us, we have primary beneficiary and then we have a, um, like a contingent beneficiary. And that's only because if something should happen to the primary or one of the primaries, because you can have you can have it be one person as your primary beneficiary, multiple. If you have three children, you can split it three ways. Um, if you want to leave it to spread equally amongst your children, it's just different ways that you could direct it. Or if you want it to go towards, you know, the grandchildren. So here's the thing when you're leaving it and you putting down minors, right? So mm -hmm. with minors, you can direct it in that sense. But if something should happen to you while that minor is still under the age of 18, they won't get that money right then and there. So we normally try to say, have someone that's over the age of 18, 18 years of age or older on there as the primary. And then the contingent can be the minors. Or if your primary is, you know, your children are equally, then make sure I talked an episode or two ago about making sure that you have your estate planning in place, mm -hmm. your wills, your trusts and things of that nature. Because what you can then do is you would name that policy in those documents. And then you can devise on how you want that money to pay out and at what ages and what stages. So, you know, it's, it can all work in sequence. But you just got to know how to work it and you just have to have the right people 
putting it in place for you. So you're saying I can list my children, my sons who's over 18 as a primary beneficiary, my grandchildren as a contingent, but in my estate planning, I can have that policy in incorporated into the trust where I have more specific instructions when I want our grandchildren to get the money at what age at what amount etc that's that's what you're saying absolutely and even if you wanted to leave your grandchildren and make them the primary you can but just make sure you have that other factor in place because otherwise right because otherwise it's not going to expense out to them if something happened to you while they're still a minor because there's no, they're under the age of 18. So right. it's not going to, right. So have the other part in place as well. That makes it So a life insurance agent can help with the, the will and the trust, right? Or that's something through an attorney. That's an attorney. No, your life insurance agent, unless your life insurance agent just happens to be an attorney. an attorney right got it, got yeah, it. but no you go to an estate planning attorney don't just don't go to a corporate attorney to do estate planning work you get somebody that's specifically designed and that's their craft and that's their expertise because here's the thing believe it or not when people pass away there's all kind of taxes especially when they're leaving money mm-hmm. right there's all kind of taxes that will need to be paid on it for inheritance um, transferring and all kind of other things. But if you go to the right type of attorney, they can put structures in place to where the money can go through a different kind of way so that the, the family isn't getting hit with the inheritance tax or gift tax or things like that. So you gotta go to the right people that know how to that know, first of all, the rules and they change constantly. So you right. want somebody that's always abreast on what's going on out there. And then you want them to be able to set up everything for you in the right structure in the right way so that when you do pass away, you know that everything is set up the right way and your family will still be able to live and be happy because of it. And trust me, it's not cheap. So, you know, you're going to be paying a little bit of money for it but it's kind of like that old adage whereas if something goes wrong with a, a pipe in the house do you just patch it up or do you come out there and actually spend the money to get it done right so that you won't have any future problems with that said pipe again so it's the same tool like that so i need to have a um, life insurance agent for my policy i need to have an attorney to make sure the estate the will and the trust is set up right and i even need probably a cpa to help me understand all these taxes that may be associated (laughs) if something happened to me if i become a primary or a contingent beneficiary i mean yeah and and you know what you don't have to always have them have them on speed dial for sure but you don't always have to um, have it already paid out for in advance. Right. Um, you know, we do have with our company, we also offer a service. It's um, it's like, it's called, it's like a legal protection program, right? Uh-huh. And you're paying like maybe 20 something dollars a month, but what it does is, and that's on an individual level, and then they have it for businesses as well, right? Uh-huh. But 
What it does is it gives you access to attorneys throughout the all of the U.S. So if you have business or things that need to be taken care of, that's your people right there. These are attorneys that's in your town, in your city, that, that literally, these are real attorneys. They are licensed in the states that they work in. And you can go to them. You can contact them. If you are part of that program, then they do your wills for free. So it's already included in the cost of that. And then if you have all the other instruments that need to be put into place, like the trusts and some of the other factors, you got attorneys that deal with that, right? So like mm -hmm. I said, you want to make sure that you have the right attorneys uh, in place and the right people in place that know what they're doing. So, and that can guide you and, and, you know, lead you to the other people for the other pieces that need to be put in place for you. That sounds good. That is real good. So I just want to put my nuggets in. When you're vetting these and these experts, you know, make sure, you know, they're licensed, they're legitimate. There's ways you can find out either through the Better Business Bureau, the Chamber of Commerce, or even your division of corporations with your state. So you want to make sure this individual has a reputable re reputation. They're willing about helping you and not making a fast buck. And make sure you have a system in place with all these important documents. Tina talked about this in the first episode. Make sure these documents are in a place that's safe. Um, I made the suggestion you can have a set in a safety deposit box in the bank. Any event the home gets ramsacked and you cannot find those papers or no instructions was left on what to do and how to handle it. Or some of them, if the um, matriarch or patriarch died, they may leave instructions with the funeral home director. I have seen that. So um, Tina, I thank you so much for this information and it's so valuable to help us have that thought provoking conversation to really sit down and, and either look at policies we've already have, determine if we have enough, or even, you know, to start out, you know, regardless, you're never too old to get covered. That is one thing I have heard constantly from Tina. You're never too old to get covered. It's just the older you are, you have to be medically, you know, cleared. But it's best to go through that to know where you stand and not have anything. GoFundMe is not the life insurance policy solution. So even though some people think it's fast and quick money, but is that fair to the people that's given to you when you could have made the investment yourself? and have the coverage to protect you and your family. No criticism now, but not. it's not the wisest, best decision to do because you're instituting a practice that you think your children are supposed to do and replicate when they need to actually go through and set up the life insurance policy to cover themselves, you, your children, your grandchildren. And even if you cover them when they go off to college, still encourage them to get a separate policy of their own so they can start that behavioral practice when they begin to move on and get married and have children and a family of their own. Can I say so, something real quick? Of course, jump in. Two things, two things. <clears throat> okay, death benefits, right? So mm -hmm. when you're setting that up, <clears throat> your policy, you can have it pay out if it's like you can have it pay out whether it be one lump sum payment or it could be issued in monthly payments. So you can structure that and you just talk to your life insurance agent about 
how you want it structured if you don't want a lump sum payment. If you don't make a choice, then it's gonna, it's gonna be one lump sum payment. So I wanted to put that in there. Secondly, um, you talked about college, P parents, parents, please. And I was gonna talk about this. Make sure we have a lot of children that are graduating high school and they're going to college. One of the things that I remember when my children were in college that they had, if they didn't already have a life insurance policy, somewhere in those papers and documents that you're signing mm -hmm. your life away to, right? That college campus is going to have some form of a life insurance policy on your child. Right. Do your own due diligence. Make sure your children are on your life insurance policy before they step foot on campus. I remember with my children in both the colleges that they went to, one went to a HBCU, one to, went to a, you know, a PPW, and they both had in there, it was like an amount that was part of the tuition that we were paying that was regarding a life insurance, right? So mm -hmm. if you already have it, then that's probably something that you can probably get that particular part of that expense taken off. You just make sure that you give them a copy of the actual policy so that they have it. But they're not slick. They do it in a way because whoever is the holder of the policy is even the though I got beneficiary, this right? So if the student and get injured or get killed on campus, the college get that um, death benefit payout, not the parent. I'm just wow. saying, you check your, you check. It's in there. You read it. You read it. You make sure you know. That's good. You know? That's that's a good nugget. I, I'm thinking it's a, under the student activity fees because that's where they put and lump in a lot of extra incidentals that parents don't think mm -hmm. about so you Medical may want to and all that mm -hmm. you may want to ask for an itemized breakdown of them student activity fees on campus so you can understand and identify what miss tina is talking about but that's why i say even if you have the policy on your children encourage your children to get an additional policy themselves yeah yeah but you know a lot of them don't have the money you know especially if they if they're in school then you should have it once they come out of college or if they bypass college and go straight into the workforce, then yeah, when they have a steady income coming in, then by all means, definitely let them get their own put in place. Yeah. But still keep your policy on them too, Doc. Exactly. Exactly. Still keep your policy too. I highly recommend it because inflation fluctuates and change as they grow older, as we get older. So that's why we have to revisit these life insurance policies to see if we have enough coverage. Yeah. You know, do we have enough to cover expenses now? Because what, what cost for a funeral probably 20 years ago is probably done quadruple that now. It has, these funerals are, they, they're ridiculous. Some of them you have to take out loans for just to, you know, do all that. But, you know, and what I tell people, get something that's affordable for your budget. Right. Just have something in place. You can always increase it later. You can right. always increase the coverage amount later. Just get something. Something is better than nothing. That's good. Yep. That's what Miss Tina preaches. So including business owners, even if you self-employed, you need something because if you owe your creditors and you pass away, then you leaving that burden on your family or your 
business partner to settle that settle those affairs and especially if y'all don't communicate everything on a regular and it's not documented anywhere at least the life insurance policy can help you settle those obligations without going after you personally and going after your assets personally but then that depends on how your business structure is set up as well that's true that is so true. So this is why we having this conversation, ladies and gentlemen. This is not just personal. This is for business. This is for, you know, faith-based leaders and churches because tomorrow is not promised to no one, but we have to be proactively prepared in the event of just in case that the main matriarch, patriarch, the visionary, the leader so happens to leave the land of the living before you. You have to know what to do and get your plan together. So, Miss Tina, we are still keeping the conversation going. What is up on deck for us to talk about on next Friday? Because this one is going to be juicy. So I want to put it out here now so everybody can say the date and put it on their calendar because I'm super excited about this series, this you segment know, that's coming up. You know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about what's been in mainstream media recently and that's generational wealth building generational wealth and how you utilize your insurance policy to do so oh wow like talk about how to um they talk about how to be your own bank we're gonna discuss that too <laughs> we that's gonna be part of what we're gonna discuss because there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it um but the it's not what you do, it's how you do it, right? So there there's a go. lot of ways to get it done, but you want to make sure that you're doing it the right way. Exactly, because so. you know when you when you go up and blow up fast, they folks will try to find <laughs> the loophole or the bread tape to shut you back down. So it's best to build it up right so it doesn't get torn down. Yep. There you That's go. That's good. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking to Miss Tina Noble, the brain and the brilliance expert about, you know, making sure our children is um, prepared for the inevitable in the event that we pass away and die. Nobody don't like, some people just don't like talking about death, but we have to be more proactive to plan for it. Do not allow others to make decisions for you and not carry out the wishes of what you want for your family. In other words, you know, who who is going to be a, you want your children to stay in the house that you work so hard and, and, and purchase for them, you know, making sure they keep the car that they are accustomed to driving in, or either you bought them a car to go back and forth to school. Will they be able to keep that if you pass away? So these are some of the things you need to take in consideration, make sure it's taken care of. And don't assume the company you bought these things from, these assets from, have your best interests in mind. They all about them. So make sure you have your plan B, which making sure that if there is a balance owed, those children can use the life insurance policy to pay off the debt, to keep the house, to keep the car, to keep their college tuition um, scholarship money going. All those things where their life is not disrupted, take the time, press pause, sit around the kitchen table with your children and have the conversation. Now, if you don't have a life insurance agent and you're looking for one and you don't have time to find one, Miss Tina will be more than happy to talk to you and it doesn't matter where you are. She will have the conversation with you and make sure that if she cannot help you, she will connect you with someone in your area where you can touch 
and have frequent contact with to get the information necessary to get your policy active. So my call to action to everybody listening to this series, I want everybody to make sure either you got some type of coverage on you, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, even your adopted children or children you have assumed guardianship for. I challenge each of you get the coverage. Well, I can't afford it. Cut back on going to the movies. You can get some DVDs or go to the library and watch them at home. Cut back going out to eat. Cook out at your house and learn how to cook watching YouTube channel TVs and buy you some groceries. Uh, there are ways you can cut. If you're a smoker or a drinker, now is the time to stop so you can qualify for coverage. Because if you add up how much you spend for cigarettes and alcohol, you can pay for a life insurance policy. I'm just throwing out some examples for you to eliminate some of them pleasures so you can get this challenge done and get this coverage and don't let it lapse this got to be something consistent put it like this you pay that cell phone bill every month because you want that cell phone to stay all right so let's make let's treat that life insurance the same way let's keep make sure that life insurance stay intact so we want to thank miss tina noble with all her expertise her input and as always i give my guests the last word and they call to action but we sign off on today's segment on family matters fridays my call to action is just get the conversation going and let me give you the template to what you need to talk about so that we can help put this train on the track and make sure that it steers straight curves however it needs to go that's what's up i guess what y'all miss tina would also do a free needs analysis if you don't know how much money you need to cover yourself and how much money you need to save so check out the description of this episode Get fill out the form for Tina Noble and so she can have that conversation with you and get you on the right track to get your blueprint and get it going. Stop procrastinating, y'all. We got to stop being reactive. Let's be proactive. Let's get ahead of the game and stop running behind the game. But this is your host, Teresa W. Gamble. I'm keeping it real. Uh, you know I'm going to bring you the truth. I know it's hard conversations we don't like to talk about, but it is necessary. So stay tuned to our Family Matter series on Fridays. We have so much more that's coming on deck besides what we give you on Wednesdays that I've been talking about the nine types of trauma last week the last time I talked about was physical trauma we're going to go into some emotional trauma all these traumatic events come from somewhere but guess what even with trauma you still need to have life insurance coverage I just want to let you know that because that deals with mental health and you need insurance coverage you need health insurance coverage you need the things necessary to help improve your better quality of life and that's what i'm here to do is to get you to the resources so you can be able to make a sound wise decision so again stay connected subscribe share this episode bless somebody and we'll see you back here on next friday with miss tina noble talking about that generational wealth transfer through life insurance policy and be in your own bank so you don't do that paper but you got to set it up right Thank you for listening and stay tuned. Thank you, Miss Tina, as always. Thank you, everyone, as always. <laughs> it's 2022, boo. If you'd like to learn how to build a business that'll create generational wealth for you and your family, 
If you like to gain knowledge in a recession-proof industry, obtain state and federal financial services licenses and make more money, then text the code COURAGE to 470-531-5770. Again, that's COURAGE, C-O-U-R-A-G-E, to 470-531-5770. You'll be glad that you did. It's 2022, boo. If you'd like to learn how to build a business that'll create generational wealth for you and your family, if you'd like to gain knowledge in a recession-proof industry, obtain state and federal financial services licenses, and make more money, then text the code COURAGE to 470-531-5770. Again, that's COURAGE, C-O-U-R-A-G-E, to 470-531-5770. You'll be glad that you did. You've been listening to Courageous Conversation with Teresa W. Gamble. Courageous Conversation is powered by Carcier Resource Professional Consultant. Be not weary in well-doing. You shall reap if you faint not. Galatians 6 and 9.